0: mm <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. My name is Brad and I'm the lead campus pastor and primary preaching voice here at Cornerstone Church Airdrie. We believe that the God who spoke so clearly all through the pages of scripture is still speaking to his kids today. So if it's me who's speaking to you or someone else on this recording, as you listen, we pray that you would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power. Enjoy the message.
0: Take the sky from earth, but still your house of choice was broken vessels made of dirt, so make my heart your
1: home. If you'd like to to follow along with us or join with us or be a part of the the scripture reading that we're doing this morning, you can turn to Romans chapter 12. Now, last week I had mentioned that we were going to be starting a series on Philippians and astute Bible scholars may be able to recognize that Romans chapter 12 isn't in Philippians. We're going to be in Philippians in a few weeks, but I wanted to... as I I was preparing and and getting ready for this Sunday, and and in the light of sharing what I shared last Sunday, and uh, I was in Romans, and Romans chapter 8 specifically, and it's verse 5, and it really got my mind going. And this has led us to our focus for the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to read you this verse as we begin today. this, This isn't our text for today, but it will be our text for next Sunday. So if you want to get ahead, if you're one of those people, if if you want to write it down, if you want to study it, if you want to think about it, read it in ten different translations, look it up in the Greek, put it to music, sing it, whatever you want to do with it, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 will be our focus for next week. And this verse says, To those who live according to the flesh or those who live according to the flesh, have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what The spirit desires. And as I read this passage, I began to reflect on the idea of mindsets and our mindsets and how powerful a mindset can be and where our thoughts and our minds rest on is is just about everything we say and we do and we experience. And when our mind is set on the spirit, it leads to something. And when our mind is set on the flesh, it also leads to something. And this verse, and these ideas that, that this verse began to set me down these ideas, that down this path that we're going to be over the next couple of weeks. And I think it's really important that we talk about mindsets and the power of our mind and the power of, of our thoughts and, and all of these kinds of things in this kind of season because there is so much... That can can alter our mindset. The news, and we, we see the news on the coronavirus, and we see the news on, on all the rioting and the, the racial injustice down in the states, and we, we see the news about so many things, and it can pull our mindset away from the things of the spirit, even though there is connection to the spirit in all of those things. We, we can still be pulled away and, and robbed of our minds being on the spirit, but they can end up on the flesh because the flesh is so palpable and powerful around us. But this morning we're going to begin this journey by looking at Romans 12:1 and 2 as our beginning point for the next few weeks. Now Jesus said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, strength and mind. Love the Lord your God with your mind. Scripture will talk about peace of mind or to set our minds on things above or to let the attitude of your mind over and over again. Scripture, in Scripture, we see references to the way that we think. And there's a reason for that. Because if you say yes to, the Lord, or to Jesus as the Lord of your life, a miracle occurs. The Holy Spirit comes within us and we are born again and we are regenerated and we pass from death to life and we have the life of Jesus in us and, we, we see, and when God looks at us, what He sees is His Son. He sees Christ in us. The Bible will talk about our bodies, our physical bodies and how outwardly they're perishing. No matter what we do and no matter the steps we take to try and prolong that and stretch it out as far as we can, no matter the number of push-ups we do and the the number of salads we eat, outwardly our bodies are perishing. But the bottom line is that unless Jesus comes back before, all of our physical bodies will eventually perish. And the Bible talks about this battle that goes on inside us and shapes our minds and our bodies and it's highlighted for us in this verse from Romans 8. There is our spirit which wants to worship God, wants to glorify God. Our spirit wants to put God first and love God with everything that we are. But then there's this other side of us, our flesh, and not so much any of those things. So then the question is is posed, what is winning your war? The war for your body and mind, is it your spirit, the spirit of God in you, or is it your flesh? What is going to rule in your life, your spirit or your flesh? And so today in Romans chapter 12, we're going to begin to look at this battle and see what scripture has to say. The verses say, say this, therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy... Now, Paul had spent the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans writing to these Christians in Rome, explaining the scope of God's salvation. Rome, or how merciful God was with us. That it wasn't by keeping the law and it wasn't by doing all the rules that we became right with God, but it's by the justifying, sanctifying, glorifying work of the Holy Spirit that we are made right. And so he's outlining all that God has done for us that, that we cannot do for ourselves. And so now in chapter 12, he begins to turn it and say, so because of all of that, because of what we've talked about for the last 11 chapters, because of what God has done, now this. Now this is who we can be. And so in light of God's mercy... Offer your bodies as, li- as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is your reasonable act of worship, maybe what, what your Bible translation is, is says. Paul, Paul is saying this. He's saying, this is a rational thing to do. In light of what God has done for us, it would make sense for us to live a devoted life, body, soul, and spirit. And the picture that he's drawing here is back to temple worship where they would bring the lamb or or the birds or or whatever they would bring and the sacrifices would be put on the altar and they would be a living sacrifice. You wouldn't bring something dead to the temple. You would bring the animal alive. And Paul is saying, this is what I want you to see yourselves in. You are a living sacrifice. My life every day is being presented as available to God. My life is given as worship to God every day. But the challenge that we all face in each one of our own lives is that living sacrifices tend to crawl off the altar. It's one thing in, in times like this where we're gathered together as church or at least we're watching church online in these moments where, where we can worship like, oh God, and, and, and get up on the altar. Oh God, all of this is yours. All of me for all of you. There's no place I'd rather be than here in your presence. And then tomorrow morning happens. Traffic happens. That person in your office who ate the last donut before you got one happens happens News and opinion and Facebook happen. And it's so easy to to fall off the altar and and our life becomes about us and not actually about God at all. It becomes about me. and, And Paul says, this is what I want you to see. The ultimate reasonable end goal of our lives is that we would become people of unending worship. That means that I'm walking out of my, or walking out my life in such a way that my life is presented to God for His purposes, His glory, and His honor. And so if this then is where all, we all should be headed in light of God's mercy in our lives, how do we ensure that we get there? And verse 2 lays out a bit of a map for us. Paul, Paul says in order to do this, he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He says, The logical and reasonable response to God's mercy in our lives is that we would present our bodies, our lives, to God. So how do we do that? And he gives us two things that we need to do. Well, one is something not to do, and the other is something that we should do. First, he says, do not allow this world and its ways and the way it works to form you. Paul is saying that every day, you we, we live in a world that's going to try to have you and, and have you be poured out into a certain way of thinking, trying to dictate the things that you feel and believe and accept to try and form you in a certain way. And Paul says, don't do that. But that's not the emphasis of this, this passage, this verse, this sentence. The emphasis isn't on what we should not be doing. The emphasis is on the second part that, of the call that Paul gives. The emphasis is on, instead of Instead of that, instead of being conformed, do this. He says, be transformed. Be changed through the renewing of your mind. Now the word transformed that's used here is is really interesting and special and remarkable because it paints a really amazing picture of what this means. The word that's used here is this. And it's pronounced metamophoro my Greek is coming through really well. And it's, it's our base word, you could probably guess, for, for our word metamorphosis. But there's only one other story in the New Testament, one other place in the New, well, two places in the New Testament, but it's the same story where this word is used. And it paints a really amazing picture about what Paul is trying to get at here. The only other times that this word is used is in Matthew 17 and Mark chapter 9, and it's the transfiguration of Jesus. When Jesus goes up on a mountain with a couple of disciples, and all of a sudden his body is almost turned into what is like pure light, It was a picture of his resurrection that was coming. And what happens to Jesus on this mountain is as he's taken up and his body shines as if it becomes pure light and he's transformed from human into something else. This is the same word that Paul says needs to happen to us. We need to be changed. We need to be transformed. We need to be metamorphosized into something else. You see... You can be a born-again believer in Jesus and not change. Why is it that some people change and other people do not? Why do some people keep falling into the same patterns of defeat, the same patterns of wrong thinking and... addictions and vulnerabilities to certain things, and why are we not all experiencing this glorious transformation with every increasing glory like the scripture says? We're not being transferred from glory to glory and victory to victory. Paul would say that the key to living a transformed life is to have a renewed mind. He says, be transformed. Be changed. Be metamorphosized. And how? By the renewing of your mind. And why is that the key? Because Paul says that if you have a renewed mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And if you're able to test and approve what God's will is, then you will be able to walk in the fullness of God's will, which means that our lives will be daily presented to God as an instrument of worship to be used or to be used by him. I want to know what God's will is because a renewed mind is not simply about thinking about the right things it's about valuing the right things that you would be able to test the things test them all and place a value on it I agree with God what God says about these things. It's not just that I heard them and okay, but that I heard them and I accept them. I place value on them. I hear the significance for me and my life in them. And this is important because there are some things that God says that do not make a lick of sense to my natural mind. There are some things that God has said and things that God asks of me that I don't always understand. Some things that I may even see as threatening to me in my future. But with a renewed mind, I can begin to test and those things that God has said. And suddenly, it's not that they don't make sense, but I've tested them and in, in my renewed mind and my new way of thinking. I actually approve them. And I, I say to God, God, I just now understand it. I get it. It makes sense to me. And we embrace it and we begin to walk in it. You see, if I want to value the right things and I want to walk in His will, it's the result of having a renewed mind. Because it leads to change, which leads to a life presented in worship. We're not going to read it this morning, but I want to encourage you after, the, after our time together today or at some point through the week, I want to encourage you to read Romans chapter 1. Because it's a fascinating snapshot of how we got into the condition we're in. It talks about a people who rejected God in their thinking. A people that dismissed God and no longer glorified God as our creator. And the result of that is that we were given over to a depravity of thinking or a futility of our minds. A way of thinking that led to the exchanging of the image of God for the image of man. Because we lost the battle for our minds. And then Paul talks about what Jesus did to meet us in that condition and bring us into a place of difference. See, the answer to a truly changed life isn't just don't conform and so often that's what we as modern day believers can put the, the 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 priority on the the emphasis on do not conform to the patterns of this world and that, that's where we can plant our flag and, and place our, our 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 ideas and our thoughts and and this is what we need to do we need to not conform but see you can separate yourself from and not conform to worldly patterns, but still not be changed on the inside. Jesus will say that when, when we're like that, we're like a cup that is really clean on the outside, but has had chocolate milk sitting inside of it for a week in a hot room. That the outside of the cup is beautiful, it's clean, it's nice. It looks really great. It looks exactly the way that a cup should look. But you don't want to use it. Because when you look on the inside, it's a mess. It's possible to withdraw from the patterns of this world and not do certain things and still not be really changed. See, the answer to immoral behavior is not a whole list of moral behaviors. That's not what Jesus says. In, Jesus doesn't, instead of doing that, here's a whole list of things to do to show your piety and holiness. He doesn't say, in order to prove yourself righteous, you need to do this, 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 and this. The answer for the need for change isn't, or in, in our lives isn't more resolution in my heart, more disciplined commitment. Because even if I can be more disciplined and more committed and more resolved and that might make me a better me, it will not make me like Jesus. Because for me to be like Jesus, it's going to take a whole lot more than anything my commitment, resolve, or discipline could ever begin to think about hoping to ever begin to do. It's going to require the Holy Spirit working in me. That's renewing my mind and and thinking so that I can discover and adopt what God's perfect and pleasing will is for my life. And as I say yes to that and am in agreement with that, my life then becomes this object, this thing of worship to God, that every day my life belongs to Him. And I cannot and I will not get there because I tried harder. I didn't get there because I really worked at it. God doesn't just set out this whole list of things and say, if you do this, 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 and this, then you will become that. God is going to change you by us being changed by him. Listen to this. God isn't going to change you by you changing you. God isn't going to change you because you changed you. God is going to change you by Him changing us. Now, there is this partnering with Him where, we're open, where we open ourselves up to Him and this is why repentance is so powerful. We can sometimes see repentance in our life as how bad can I feel about the things that I've done? The fact that we can feel guilt and shame about something we have done is simply a result of the things that, that we have done. The fact that you can feel guilt and shame in a way is a good thing because it means that our conscience, our, our, our God morality is still active in us. If we lose those things in our lives, we lose our connection to God and to His will for our lives. We have a seared conscience. But repentance is not just feeling really bad. It's not living in guilt and shame. But it's taking our guilt and our shame away. It's recognizing that I have sinned and it was wrong and I am guilty and I am ashamed of what I did. But I'm not... or But I'm going to turn around... And I'm going to change my mindset, change my way of thinking, change my my way of living so that the guilt and shame are no longer part of this new path. That was the old path. That was the old way of doing things. And I have repented and I have changed so I can leave my guilt and my shame behind. And so according to the verse in Romans 8 that we read earlier, that we are definitely not looking at this week, but next week. That verse tells us that all of our ways are thinking, all of our ways of thinking, all of our mindsets about things are either taking us to our flesh, or to our spirit, to death, or to life. And this is why I think that these nev- these next several weeks are really crucial for us, because many of us, for many of us, this could be the very thing that is the difference for you. How do I grow? How do I become more like Jesus? How do I not let the fear and worry of our time and season, the anxiety about everything that's happening, how do I not let that overwhelm me? How do I capture my thoughts and my emotions? How do I have breakthrough in my life? How do I finally move forward in this? How do I get out of these repeated patterns of again and again? How do I heal myself and my relationship? How do I restore my strained marriage? How do I move forward in everything that's going on? It's not just about becoming a more disenfranchised Disciplined Christian it's not about doing the right thing or doing more right things it's about becoming like Jesus it's about becoming transformed it's about allowing God to work on us in the inside and allowing the spirit to change us there and the overflow of that being on our outside and the things that we do it's about the renewal of our minds now to renew something means to make it new And that doesn't mean just a fix-up or a touch-up or a new cone of paint. It means taking down the old and putting where the old used to be something new and right. It's not just flipping a house. It's a full-on renovation. And for some of us, we've been trying to live in touch-ups. And in new coats of paint, we've been trying to, to just give a little touch-up to my life, or a new coat of paint to my life to make it, it look better. We've been trying to just tweak and change ourselves, adjust this and that, maybe move the furniture around inside of our lives to make it feel fresh. But it's not doing the real deep work that we know needs to be done inside of us. This, the new coat of paint may make a house look nicer, but it doesn't change a foundation issue. And some of us don't simply have a paint color change needed. We need our foundation issues addressed. And we need our mindsets not just adjusted or tweaked. We need them to be made new. And we need to begin with repentance. Because repentance helps us to take off all the old and it begins to make it possible for the new to be put in its place. Not so that we can become a better us, but so that we can become more like Jesus old attitudes, old beliefs, old way of doing things, all moved aside for more of Jesus. I want to conclude my message with with this idea for you. The more we give ourselves over to God and his word, the more he will strengthen you and empower you in your will to do his will. The more we give ourselves over to God and His word, the more He will strengthen you and empower you in your will to do His will. To have the freedom and the power to choose God's will. And we live in a world... Where every single day it is going to try and conform us to a way of thinking. It beats us down and breaks us down to where we no longer think like people who have the will to do what is right, the will to choose God, the will to put God first. And when we think about the renewing of our minds, it says when they are renewed, you will be able to assess and value the will of God in your life. And you will have the desire to do it. The Spirit wants to work in us today. Today is Pentecost Sunday where, where we remember the pouring out of the Holy Spirit and that same Holy Spirit wants to be poured out on you and your life and your mindset today. The Spirit wants to renew your mind and your thoughts for you to be able to say today, yeah, that's right. I need to be changed. I need to see that change. The way that I think changed, The way that I do things changed. That thing that I think of in my life as no big deal even though I kind of know it really is It really is a big deal. That decision that I'm making because it's the right thing to do, it's not what God wants. That attitude about what is or isn't fair to me, it actually doesn't matter. That habit that I've justified and allowed myself to come back to again and again and again, it needs to be broken. Because a renewed mind breaks down resistance to God's rule in our lives. Renewal gives him greater influence in us even over our own will. And that's why Jesus said, May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why would he ask us to pray that? Because a renewed mind and a transformed life brings us to this place of willingness in our heart that used to be a point of struggle. Brings victory where there was only defeat. Brings light where there was only darkness. Brings life where there was only death. And it's what the Spirit wants to do in you today. So I'm going to invite you to take some time today and reflect. Where do I need to repent? Where does my mindset need to be renewed? And bring it to God and allow Him to change you, to transform you, to metamorphosize you. Thanks again for listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. I pray that you were blessed by what God had to say in this message. If you would like to connect further with Cornerstone Church, there are a couple places you can go. First is our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com and select the Airdrie campus. And some of the best ways to connect with us is through our social media channels. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Follow us on Twitter at CS Erdry and on Instagram at Cornerstone Erdry. If you'd like to connect with the pastoral team at Cornerstone, you can do that again through our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com. Click on the Airdrie campus, then click on the About Us on the main menu, and then one last click on Our Campus Pastors. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and get new messages delivered directly to you. We are so thankful to be able to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with our community in Airdrie and with you today. At Cornerstone Church Airdrie, we are a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. And that family includes you. We follow Jesus together as family we go. Every burden,
0: every crown, this is my surrender.